This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back. It's uh, a Tuesday, one day removed from when uh, we usually tape this this podcast. But um, Mr. Swords, oh yeah, Evan Swords is what we call him now. Apparently, he would prefer I call him by his uh, the the correct pronunciation for his name. Uh, his Evan, government name. Say it again. His government name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. So I obliged, and I will I will do that going forward. Um, Evan, good morning on your end. How are you? I know you're not good, uh, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. I I was overserved last night. Mm. I don't don't appreciate it from that specific bartender. Um, honestly, take it more more of as a as an assault on my freedoms. Mm. Uh, but I am doing well. Don't you have Pedialyte? I feel like you're a big Pedialyte proponent. I am a brand ambassador of mm-hmm. Pedialyte, and I and I are you I actually? actually? Yeah. I okay. Am. White Claw and Pedialyte. I was going to say, who tell you about this my is a daily life? The, the, what you, it's not a rivalry. It's a. It's a. They really actually work hand in hand. Synchronous. Yeah. yeah. That one one goes very well with the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, yeah, I got to say, what does that tell? What does that tell the world about me as a human being that I'm a brand ambassador of alcohol and the stuff that helps hangovers? So, mm. uh, you know. Gosh. I, I, I don't know. That is tell for a, you to work tell out. Tell a story without telling a story. Um, mm-hmm. no, but I, they send me pa- like boxes and boxes at a time and I'm, I'm actually out right now. So I should go buy some myself. No, you're so a brand ambassador. You. No, what you're bearing, like, no, you need to cash in and be like, Hey, what's, what's up? I'm ambassadoring, ambassadoring. I'm turning that into a verb. Um, your brand you, yeah. send me I stuff. Can, what are you they, doing? They send, they send me a lot of stuff. I actually have a, a Pedialyte denim jacket. I have a Pedialyte. No, Blanket slash hoodie. It is a hoodie on the top. It has the hood, but it's a blanket. All right, I'm going to need you to take a picture of the the denim jacket for the cover art for this podcast. Oh, dude, it's yeah, it's great. How are Do you, you wearing? Man? No, I don't. It doesn't fit right the way you would kind of want a denim jacket to fit, but mm. it is dope as hell. <laughs> um, White Claw. Speaking of, um, I know you're listening. If you'd like to sponsor this new opening segment we do on this podcast, it's, we're going to do the White Claw weekend wrap-up. Um, that's not sponsored by White Claw in any way. But if White Claw would like to sponsor I mean, I'm segment, sponsored by White Claw, so it okay. kind of is. All right, then you I know? can't say it. So you can say it as the sponsored person from White Claw. Would you like to right. call, uh, bring this up? What What is this segment called? Well, so, you know, there's a lot of different things that you could say, technically speaking, but... Mm. I think we're going to call it the the White Claw Weekend Wrap-Up, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm I like alliteration. Fan. Yeah. Um, what'd you watch this weekend? How did your football watching go? Well, you know, as a 49ers fan, life is meaningless, and there's an empty <laughs> void that never ends. Uh, yeah. So I watched, I watched, I watched all the games. Um, I was particularly present on uh, the, the sad-ass uh, – Browns Texans game because mm. Deshaun Watson is my fantasy uh, quarterback. Uh, you not might need this to cut week, ties though. there. I mean, he has really killed it for me all across the board mm. uh, all year. Um, but yeah, we, I've we had struggled. Kyler. It's been pretty nice. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, we'll talk about him later, aren't we? Won't we? Yeah. 13, 13 points non PPR though. Good for Deshaun. Did okay for having a bad week. Uh, the wins yeah, were man, crazy. The wins in that yep. game were were pretty wild, and in the Bengals Steelers game, just the the wins in the in the middle of the country were very gusty. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was good for me. I watched a lot of football this weekend. Like college was limited, 
Um, your ducks look good. Like your new quarterback who did something that no one's done under center for Oregon since uh, Marcus Marietta rushing for hundred yards, back to back games. Um, I like Mr. Shrout, isn't it? JT Shrout, I believe is his yeah, name. Shrout or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrout. Shrout. Well, it's Shrout. It's Show. Show. Is it Show? Yeah. There you go. I think it's Show. Yeah. Well, as the guy who gets all the the pronunciations right, I'm gonna go with Shrout. Um. Yeah, it was it was good. No Tennessee this weekend. I enjoyed that. No Falcons this weekend. So I didn't have any rooting interests. Um, so my uh, emotions were were mostly uh, kept in check, and then uh, we had a crazy like it was just a crazy NFL weather weekend, right? Like we yeah. had the Patriots Ravens game, which we'll get into. Crazy weather there, crazy weather for the day games. Cold some places, not cold others. Like it was it was just a weird weird uh, weather weekend. But um, don't forget uh, to check out chasingpodcast dot com. Uh, subscribe on Apple or Spotify wherever you get your podcast, and if you are an Apple podcast listener, give us five stars and a review on Apple. Um, check out chase Thomas is writing.substack.com. It's our, my free weekly newsletter that uh, I do every Saturday morning. So go check that out. Um, Mr. Swartz, do you have our, our current pickup standings right now? Do you, do you have the sheet in front of you? I always do. Okay. Where are we at? So, I feel like Let's I did go. good this week. I feel like I had a really good weekend. Let me get up the NFL scores. Because I believe you picked the Eagles over the Giants. Felt good uh, about that one. So, we, I did not. We both picked the Giants. Oh, damn it. So, let's go through it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the top. So we uh, we both picked the Titans, and mm. holy shit, were we wrong? Uh, uh, I picked the Texans. You picked the Browns, so you were right there. Uh, not by much, though. What a sad showing on the Texans' part. That was weird. Uh, we so I picked Washington. You picked the Lions. I will say that damn Washington Redskins defense. Uh, I knew Alex was going to show out and he did. He almost threw for 400 yards. God, what a guy. Uh, we both picked the giants. We both picked the Packers. Uh, although the Jaguars really made it close. Uh, I picked the chargers. Uh, I don't know why I keep doing this. You pick the dolphins, uh, really a good week for you just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both picked the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I picked the Rams though. And I, was I right wanted there. to do it. I remember talking about this. I felt like watching this game. I was like, what? Why did I do this? I knew the Rams were winning this game. I talked about it in the pod. I was just like, I did everything except just pick them. I, I didn't want to trust them yet. And then yeah. they did that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even really think they were going to win. I just picked it out of spite because fuck the Seahawks. <laughs> um, but we both picked the uh, Steelers. We both picked the Saints. We both picked the Ravens. Uh, which was obviously wrong, and then we both picked the Vikings. So you know, all in all, you were one up on me this week. But a weird, weird week of football. Yeah, um, but I feel like we're getting a good sense of who's good and who's not. I really do feel like I have a good sense at this point in the season of like, all right, this team's legit, this team's not. There's really not a lot of teams that I have question marks about at this point of where they're at in the the pecking order in the NFL at the moment. Um, but let's bounce around the league. Uh, as we mentioned at the top, the Colts beat the Titans 34 to 17 on Thursday night. Um, the Colts are now the number four seed. Uh, the playoffs started today. They hold the tiebreaker um, over their division rivals. Um, here's what's weird, though. If you look at the Colts' schedule, it's not not the best schedule for them. Um, they have the Titans again. They have the Raiders. They have the Steelers. Those are two playoff teams, and then the Titans are probably going to be a playoff team. I'm still not going to cross them off, even though not replacing Dean Pease this offseason. I understand that was kind of complicated with his retirement and everything, but like going into this year without really a defensive coordinator, like it was just they were too close last year to kind of hope that they could just patch things together. And I understand it's a weird year, but that seems like that's going to be one of those big what ifs. Um, if you're Rabel and John Robinson, it's just like, Ugh, we, we probably should have done something there. Um, but I don't know. I think and they also have the Packers in week 11, who I think is the best team in the NFC. So you look at that and you're like, hmm, I don't know if I'm still buying all the, the Colts stock because Naeem Hines, I like a lot. He was really good in this game. 
Uh, Jonathan he's really Taylor, good in that game. Yeah, that he's was good. Not normal for him. No, and Jonathan uh, Taylor still just not not there. It's probably a wash for him this year. Michael Pittman, I like a lot. That dude is probably going to be a star there. But um, Pascal does some cool stuff in reverses. Uh, T.Y. Hilton just exists, I guess, at this point. But like when you watch the way Philip Rivers is playing, like when the offensive line's good and Clowney and guys can't get home like that. Like, he's fine. He's not really taking any deep shots. He's not really doing anything all that impressive. Like, when he has time in the pocket and the defense plays as well as it did last week, they're they're good. I just – I still don't trust this Colts team. I, there's just something about them that I just – I can't trust them. I mean, it, the, are, you, are we confused? <laughs> I are, mean, are, we, are they a playoff team to so you? When you look at the schedule and you look at what you've seen so far, do you think they're a good playoff team? It, when you watch what happened with the Chargers and Phillip Rivers and then you see him go to the Colts and become the same thing, it doesn't – I don't care if they're a playoff team. Could they maybe make the playoffs? Sure, of course. But at the end of the day, it's Phillip Rivers. And Phillip Rivers is going to Phillip Rivers because that's all Phillip Rivers knows. He is the ultimate overachieving mediocre quarterback. He is a Hall of Fame quarterback that never won a big game. Uh, he will forever – be Philip Rivers. I, I, mean, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's hilarious to me that you would finish your sentence like that and be like, well, something about the Colts. What the f- fuck? What do you mean something about the Colts? If the Colts had even a remotely, like, clutch quarterback, like, if, if the Colts had Deshaun Watson right now, mm. they'd win the Super Bowl. I don't know if they win the Super Bowl, but they'd be would, a lot more feisty. I genuinely believe that they would. I really like. I mean, I get a Colts it. Chiefs AFC title game would be bonkers. I think it would that be fun. Case. Yeah, and that might still be the AFC title game. Mm-hmm. It's not intangible, right? But the point the point is 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 that Philip Rivers, for whatever reason, and I mean he's even older now, and a lot of his talent is kind of slowly fading. He is the ultimate. I will win the games that don't matter and lose the games that matter quarterback. And I think it's unfortunate for the Colts because I don't know really what you expected. Like everything that people worried when they heard that Philip Rivers was going to Indianapolis has happened. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, they kind of remind me of the college team that is built the right way. They have talent across the board. They've done things the right way in team building. And they just they hadn't had the quarterback. So they get in the transfer portal. They get that one-year guy hoping it's going to put him over the top. But that transfer portal guy just isn't what he's, – he's fine, but he's not going to – he's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be Justin Fields. He's, it's like Miami. They're like Miami to me, where Miami has all these dudes on the outside, Wiggins and friends, and they have talent on both sides. They have good pass rushers and Phillips, and they, they have a lot of talent. But Derek King is just not enough to get in that – get in that real contention zone the Colts are just a quarterback way and like you just can't win I don't think in this league anymore with a quarterback like Philip Rivers in 2020 and I think there's a there's a ceiling um that they have that the Titans don't have and that's why if you're a Titans fan you're just kicking yourself because you're like we should be better than this team we have more talent in this team and we we just got out like we we shouldn't lose like this and our defense shouldn't be playing this poorly and we traded for Desmond King and we signed Davion Clowney like our defense should not be playing this bad but Titans defense is a problem and um I don't know I'm just I'm frustrated with the the existence of the Titans I think at this point yeah so I mean like Jadavian Clowney actually had a couple plays this Sunday where you're like oh that's why they fucking signed him but you know like it's just a weird it's a weird situation. They 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 get rid of Vic Beasley and and you can really see that like things have gotten better. My buddy's a Titans fan so we talk about this a lot in terms of like the pass rush has actually gotten a little bit better now that he's gone. Um, you know, I still am a huge Harold Landry fan. I have been for a long time. I think that what he's doing and what he's done is is about what I was expecting him out to do out of college. He's a talented dude. Mm. Uh, Evans, you know, been a great linebacker. Um, they have pieces. It just doesn't seem like they they need to. They're they're coming together the way that they need to, and it yeah. doesn't make sense, really. I mean, like Jadavian Clowney, for all intents and purposes, should be a superstar, and he just isn't, which is so weird. You know, like you look at Miles Garrett, who was you know drafted similar with a similar profile, similar he concept. Was good 
And he's getting better. Every year he's getting yeah. better. And it's just like Jadavian Clowney has not done that. He's been very good uh, in, in certain circumstances. But then, you know, sometimes he just kind of disappears. So it's yeah, – when you sign a guy like Clowney, you need him to be the focal point of the defense. And he hasn't been that. Yeah. Browns, Texans. The Browns beat the Texans 10-7. to We mentioned that a little bit. Um, Browns did not pass much in this game. Uh, the conditions were bad, and uh, this coming from PFF, 64% of their total offensive plays were rushes, second, second highest rate in a single game by any team this season. Um, getting Nick Chubb back was huge, and he's just, uh, again, out, uh, outsmarting Todd Gurley in the NFL. Uh, running out of bounds at the one on that big 50-yard break um, to seal the game over the Texans. Remember uh, a couple weeks ago, Gurley with a unbelievable brain fart falls into the end zone um when they told him on the previous play in the huddle do not get into the end zone under uh, any circumstances under any circumstances and uh he proceeds to do so um so chubb uh proving once again the better of the georgia dynamic duo from years ago um i don't know i think uh the browns are just they're just solid they're they're vikings in the afc like that's who they are um, they're no. going to be limited by Baker, I think, no matter what. The Baker-Kirk Cousins comparisons, I think, are I actually, actually fair. I actually hated that when you first said it, and then like immediately after, I was like, wait, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely get that. Yeah, yeah never they, mind. I, I think it's fair. I was thinking about that when I was rewatching this game. I was like, yeah, they're just... And you watch the Vikings last night, and you're like, ah, I like a lot of these skill position guys. I like their running game. I like Dalvin Cook. I like Nick Chubb. I like their offensive line. I like uh, their pass rushers like the defense um don't like the quarterback all that much i I think they're going to be limited here but uh everything else is fine and when the game is played like they need it to be played they'll win but i uh i don't know i don't think we learned a lot from either team other than just how depressing the houston texans are yeah i mean what what is happening to deshaun watson is just so sad and it's just not fair there's a lot of quarterbacks who are really talented but are kind of douchebags, and it's like I can let I I can accept their them having bad luck or bad ex, you know experiences, but like Deshaun Watson is just such a solid dude, and so like you know he's just so happy, he's nice, takes you know, he's like, he answers quite the way he answers questions, you can tell he genuinely cares about his teammates and really wants to win, and being a Houston Texan, like what a sad life he's got to live, so. Can you imagine losing that game and then having to watch his old receiver win a football game by jumping up 600 feet in the air? It's not great. Triple coverage. Like, they gave, got rid of Hopkins for, like, nothing. And and look what he's doing with Kyler Murray. Like I would be furious if I was Deshaun Watson. Furious. Yeah, and he doesn't seem like a furious person. Like that's the thing is, it seems like he is. And I'll get to. Uh, we have another new segment that we're going to unveil this week, and it's going to involve Deshaun Watson. Um, because Houston things are blowing up in Houston. I don't know if you're keeping up with uh, the Harden Westbrook stuff, but uh, things in Houston are heating up as a whole um i don't know i just uh i think it's just sad and i I don't know what the future holds but i think it's gonna be dark and also i mean everyone was dunking on the texans this week because they fired like a seemingly very well respected pr person um i i don't know anything about her but it seems like the, like the way they got rid of her was because of a cultural fit and it seems like because of some pro uh biden harris tweets she liked um got her removed maybe i i don't it's all very uncomfortable like everything in houston just uh very bad at the moment and uh the son of cal mcnair uh just not uh not doing a great job and i think they're in they're in real trouble long term um detroit we're up 21 in this game. You mentioned Alex Smith's great game. Uh, they beat the Washington football team 30 to 27. Alex Smith actually set a career high with 390 passing yards 
um, against the Lions. No so touchdowns, though. Yeah, he no picks. No picks. Um, and it's interesting that you bring up the touchdown thing because from the Washington Post here, it's a good story. Uh, Washington scored a total of three points on three first half trips inside the Detroit 25. On a fourth drive before halftime, Washington was inside the Detroit 35 and Terry McLaurin, your guy, uh, hit was hit by uh, Jimmy Collins, lost a fumble for the first time since he was in high school in Indianapolis, his first lost fumble. So um, it's pretty amazing that they had those many missed opportunities. They had 464 yards in the ground or through uh, total yards, 34 first downs in this game. And they couldn't crack 30 points. Um, yeah, it uh, the red zone stuff. But then when you look at their roster, you're like, who is the red zone threat? Who do you who do you target in this group? McLaurin's not really a red zone guy, so I I don't really know. I'm not surprised that they really really struggle when they get uh, get there. They don't really have a a go to guy there. Yeah, I mean, like, had, so I get the the no no passing touchdowns, but they had three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, so like it wasn't like they weren't scoring, you know. Um, five 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 scores in the red zone. I mean, and it, you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's not great in terms of like you want Alex to throw a touchdown, but at the same time, like they still scored. So at the end of the day, when you have Logan Thomas as your main pass catching touchdown, you know, pass you know pass catcher, like Logan Thomas is a blocking tight end. He is not a catching tight end. So let me let me just read this out to you real quick in case you're curious. Alex Smith broke his record for receiving yards. Here is who caught passes from him. We all know Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Isaiah Wright, Cam Sims, Stephen Sims Jr., apparently his son, uh, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, Peyton Barber. Who the fuck are any of those human beings? Fun fact. A person I knew back in Atlanta is really close with Peyton Barber and was like living with him when he was in Tampa. So I know Peyton Barber. Yeah, I mean, he had one catch for seven yards. Yeah, he's not good. But like Cam Sims, Stephen Sims, Isaiah Wright, like (laughs) these are fake names. Well, these are these are fake humans. They're not real people. Like Alex Smith broke his receipt. I mean, Alex Smith at one point was throwing to Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Randy Moss. No, actually not Moss. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like what? So I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm very happy for Alex, and I wish that Alex had a better football team right now because like. I'm sitting here watching what he's done after almost losing his entire leg. And you watch what he did in Kansas City. And it's like, what kind of career could have Alex Smith had had he not been drafted by the the horrible franchise at the time that they were San Francisco 49ers? Mm. Not good. Packers beat the Jaguars 24-20. to Um friend of the pod eric thompson has been bashing his head against the wall when uh gary kubiak keeps calling the second and 10 runs after an incompletion do you know who else does this it's the um i'm noticing a trend here kubiak shanahan and you can speak to this too as a 49ers fan what is it about these coaches who come from this tree that if they throw an incompletion on first and 10 they are hardwired to to run the ball on second and 10 because this happened a lot in this game um and Packers Wire noted this and I was like going back and I was like, huh. So LaFleur, Shanahan, Kubiak, they all do this. And I don't I don't really know why. What what is what is the point of that? I I don't fucking know, man. I As really someone who's know. very annoyed at Shanahan play calling sometimes. Is this one of your annoyances? I have so many like Let me just try and explain to you my thought process. Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe that Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I truly, in my heart, believe he is the best play caller in the NFL. I think he's like, like in terms of just like overall talent. That said, 
I think he does stupid fucking things constantly. I think he's arrogant as fuck and he, he constantly like like so many times watching him, I'm just like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like against this week against the Saints, they literally were like in the beginning were just every pass complete. Like their 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 defensive backs weren't defending anything. Kyle was able to do whatever he wanted in the early. And he kept trying to fucking run the ball and failing with the, I mean, Jarek McKinnon is got nothing left in the system. Whatever Jarek McKinnon accomplishes is because of Kyle Shanahan's scheme and nothing more. Uh, their rookie undrafted free agent, Jamichael Hasty is like supposed to be, uh, you know, everyone's like, Oh, well, it's an undrafted free agent. Kyle Shanahan probably be great. Guys sucked basically all this year, which is, you know, whatever. He's undrafted free agent. You should expect that, but not with Kyle. Uh, but to your point, I, I, I get so throttled at like the dumb decisions that comes from Kyle compared to the, the you know, when you see his offensive genius where you, you know, so I, I don't know if it's a scheme thing and they all use similar schemes. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I really just, I'm, I'm baffled. Uh, what do you think? I think it's similar schemes. I think they're just like hardwired because they're brought up in a culture. They're brought up in these rooms together, right? They they grew up together. They they study together. They it's just natural if you're going to coach in these just little bubbles for ten plus years that you're going to have a lot of stuff that just is hardwired into your brain and you can't shake it. You're just like that's why you have to give up the play calling, like the the Matt Nag- Matt Nagy having to give up his play calling and Adam Gase being very stubborn about it. Like I think these guys got to where they were because of how stubborn and committed they were to their vision and unfortunately a lot of these guys come from the same tree so their vision is pretty pretty identical so i i don't know if like do you think you would actually be able to tell the difference between a gary kubiak run offense in san francisco this year versus a kyle shanahan offense or matt lafleur offense versus kyle shanahan offense would you be able to tell the difference Uh, not by much but at the same time like i the one thing i will say is like Kyle has some very specific, specific, dumb fucking decisions. Like, Mm. really, he does. Like, a lot of the times, Kyle has an arrogance to his play calling that I don't think other other people that exist in that, you know, that Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Gary Kubiak type system. Uh, Kyle, a lot of the times this year is like, oh, you ran that because you think you're so fucking smart that it would work. (laughs) But it, it didn't work. And it's like he keeps doing that. You keep watching him call plays and you're like, oh, the only reason you called that is because you think you're such a fucking genius that 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 it would, of course, work because of how big of a genius you are. But it doesn't work. And then he keeps calling the plays like that. I mean, he was running. He was calling like delayed snaps. He was, uh, you know, I mean, he was trying like little trick, little trick running plays that just weren't working. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like. What are you doing? So I, I, you know, sometimes I just, I, I, you go, okay, well, Debo Samuel's out, Raheem Mostert's out, uh, George Kittle's out. Like he's just probably trying to, you know, do what he can. But it's like they were throwing the ball; it was working. So I don't know that. Like Sean McVay to me doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like Sean McVay to me doesn't have that same like what the fuck are you doing moment mm-hmm. that Kyle has. I think Sean McVay's big issue is that. Jared Goff sucks. Right? Well, I think he also evolves more, right? Like Sean McVay's not doing the eleven personnel that he was doing a shit ton when he went to the Super Bowl. Like he he seems to be more uh more capable of diversifying his offense than Shanahan. I think he's more flexible. I think he's more willing to learn. Yeah. I don't think Kyle's as willing to learn because I think, you know, and like the world is crowned Kyle as like this offensive genius. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's getting to his head a little bit. You know that's what, I'm what I was like, saying about the stubborn thing, where these dudes grinded for so long, and then they were loved. Like, Adam Gase was just the guy Peyton Manning picked, and Peyton Manning loved and adored and just just gave him so right. much praise. Like, I think these guys get in their own head. Like, Kubiak won a Super Bowl. Like, his way worked. Like, these guys just know, or I guess they, they're just like, who are you to tell me I need to evolve when look at my resume? You know right. what I mean? 
And I think, like, maybe that's what happened. You know, you look at Kyle. It's like Kyle had his 2016 season with the Falcons. And, you know, he probably left being like, you know, Kyle Shanahan after that Super Bowl doesn't think that Kyle Shanahan fucked up. He thinks that the defense, you know, allowed that many points. Well, we don't need to Kyle, revisit. We, we we don't need to revisit 2016. We don't need to revisit First off, I have more sad Super Bowl losses than you do. So <laughs> fucking deal with it. All right. <laughs> The 49ers are in a never-ending – in my lifetime are in a never-ending <laughs> cycle of uh, firing their head coach, getting a new, young, exciting head coach, going to the Super Bowl, and then losing. So fucking deal with it. <laughs> but no, really though. Like Kyle probably just thinks that he's the smartest fucking guy in the world, and at times he is. So but it's a weird dynamic, but I think – the problem is, is there's no one there to check Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because John Lynch and him checked. are co-workers, basically. They're not, like, he doesn't, like, they're... He's, Kyle's the most powerful person in the in that in that situation. Yeah. The, the you know, 49ers owner, for anyone that doesn't know it, you know, as intimate, intimately as I do, uh, made some really shitty decisions. He basically picked Trent, Trent Balky over Jim Harbaugh. Uh, which failed miserably, as we what all know. What is Trent Baalke doing now? He's a he. He is a, like a player personnel guy for the Jaguars. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's probably picking players with uh, ACL tears pre-draft, <laughs> like like he used to in the Forty Nine. <laughs> but like Jed York as an owner, really fucked up. And I think when he hired Kyle, he really like, you know, he's a young guy. He was 29 at the time. He probably looks at himself and he's like, I am going to hire this smart man and go the fuck away, which most owners should do. But like when, when it's so notable that that's what your owner's doing. And then you hire a GM who's never been a GM before you're the guy. And I, you know, I think that like, Maybe it'll happen with age. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to be a 49ers head coach for a long time. But, like, eventually he's going to have to have someone there to check him. Because you're kind of looking at what happens when Kyle goes unchecked. And it's a lot of good. They went to the Super Bowl last year. But there's there's definitely some bad there. And I think it's it's, for me, like, I've been paying attention to the bad a lot. And I don't think that 49ers fans are. Mm-hmm. Because they're so enamored by him. But like little things like the way he's handled Jimmy, the way he handled Dante Pettis, uh, you know, Richie James, uh, for people that don't know, Richie James is a guy that has like really like raw talent. Like he has very similar spark numbers to an Antonio Brown, uh, very similar entirely in terms of like game style and, and body and height, weight, speed, all the above. Uh, and Richie James has never basically gotten a chance. And fans of, of the 49ers have been for the longest time been like, give this guy, like, why is he not playing? Why is he not playing? Whereas, you know, he'll start Dante Pettis and then won't give Dante Pettis the ball. And then, you know, Richie James doesn't, whatever. Long story short, last week against the Packers, Richie James has a breakout game because literally no one else on the team is, is, is you know, is healthy enough to play. And you finally see what he does, and you're just sitting there you're like, Kyle, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why is this guy not, you know? And so, like, those things don't happen with Sean McVay. Those things don't happen in, you know, you will see, I can't even pronounce his name, MVS, whatever. Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those are, the players on the Packers with Matt LaFleur, those wide receivers, like, they're getting the ball no matter what. And that's, you know, obviously having yeah, you look at his targets. It's like it's only Adams, Jones out of the backfield and Scantling. Like that's all right. Rodgers is targeting on Sunday. Right. But it's like they're getting the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And the, Kyle Shanahan doesn't do that. Like he, Kyle Shanahan's like, I'm going to feed George Kittle the ball 13 times and we'll run. We'll use Debo Samuel as a running back. Yeah. Well, it looks like Ayuk is going to eventually be in that nine target a game mode like he's well, gonna he's gonna slide into that role too that's another that's a whole other story I, brandon Ayuk, for anyone that doesn't follow the 49ers this is a reoccurring theme here uh maybe we can give it a, a alliteration uh, title mm. uh, 
Brandon Ayuk is quietly becoming one of the best receivers in the NFL, and I don't think people really notice it because you hear so much about Jerry Judy and well, CeeDee Lamb. What's a stacked class and DK Metcalf having the season he's had? It's just a, a lot of talent. Well, DK Metcalf is in his uh, second year. Second year. Um, but Brandon Ayuk might be the best receiver in that class, he which is an insane there. concept. Justin Jefferson also was one of the best route runners in the NFL already, and he's yeah. I mean, last last night watching the Vikings play, which is a sad thing. No one, I don't ever watch the Vikings and the Bears play. Um, but Justin Jefferson was one of just he's an incredible route runner. So I, I get the hype behind the receivers. Um, but yeah, man, Ayuk wow, is no like, love for Jalen Rager, breakout star in Philadelphia, dude. Philadelphia, I just I don't care about the Eagles ever. Like as a whole, I do not care about the Eagles, even when they won the Super Bowl. But Can I yeah, give you an watch, Eagles Giants stat? No, please God no. But yes, but also please dear God no. Okay, so Jimmy Kemsky, friend of the pod, he had this tweet about the Eagles. Uh, so the Eagles have twelve wins over the last two years. Seven of those twelve wins have come against QBs who are currently not NFL starters. Can you name those seven? No. Okay. And I'm offended that you would ask. <laughs> Case Keenum. Luke <laughs> Falk. Mitch Trubisky. Wait. the f- Nick Mullins. Oh, we're going to get to Nick Mullins. He's on the list. Eli Manning. Dwayne Haskins. And Ben DiNucci. The Eagles are just... How did I, how the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I'll never understand. Well, that's you the thing if you're an Eagles of, fan. you got to take solace in the fact that you had an awesome Super Bowl run. You had your moment. You won. Like, you can't really cry that yet. Like, what's the no, rule uh, the when Eagles you win the Super fans, Bowl? You get, like, 10 years before you can start complaining again about your team. Yeah, the Eagles literally – every single Eagle fan across the world absolutely would make that trade Mm -hmm. give us one super bowl win to be irrelevant for the next 20 years they've been irrelevant for the last 30 of course they'll fucking do it so the 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 eagles two under peterson are one and four in games after the bye how is that possible it seems terrible and it seems like you have to try to do that also daniel jones who is a turnover machine had zero interceptions and zero fumbles lost in this game that was his first game in his NFL career, that he did not do one or two of those things. Just, the Eagles are the most depressing first place team, I think, in our lifetime. Uh, I would definitely agree. Um, to wrap up, the Saints-Niner stuff. Saints win 27-13, Breeze collapsed long, broken ribs, like it's bad. He's going to be out for at least a month, it looks like. Jameis comes in, doesn't really do a whole lot, um... No, he looked bad. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think Jameis is uh, the long-term answer there. But uh, Jameis did not have the same moment that Teddy Bridgewater had last right. year. Well, I think it's because they're just so fundamentally different. Like Bridgewater is like a poor man's breeze with how accurate he is, and he has a quarterback perfect, perfect quarterback rating for the first half of every game. It seems like he's just insanely accurate. Doesn't make bad decisions. Jameis threw into like triple coverage <laughs> right away. Um, yeah, they're just fundamentally different people and different quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, that uh, ended the Niners season if it wasn't already over. And the Saints keep winning. But, um, I don't know, the Saints fans are getting a little too cocky. Like, I I think on a neutral site. Are they, though? I mean, they just lost their quarterback. They're not beating Aaron Rodgers. Their like, season's no, they're, over. No, they're not. it's not over because he'll be back. I don't think he's gone for the year. He just broke three ribs and has a collapsed lung. He's done. I don't think so. This is it for his career. Like, Drew Brees is coming back. Like, he's this is literally his last NFL season. I think we're going to see him in the playoffs. I do. How long does a collapsed lung take to heal? <laughs> a, a, a small pneumothorax. I can't pronounce that. Mm-hmm. And a healthy adult may heal in a few days without treatment. There you go. Otherwise, recovery from a collapsed lung takes one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. You may have regular visits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He'll be back. So, two weeks, right? How long does it take <laughs> to heal broken ribs? That takes a lot longer, I think. Well, I know. I'm just doing both. Three to six weeks. Uh, wait, no, that's bruised ribs. Mm-hmm. Broken. Yeah. Three to six weeks for bruised ribs. So, I mean, he's going to play through the pain. Like, the bruised ribs is something he's going to have to just play through. 
I'm, he's yeah, a football fine, guy. Fine. He's going to play through them. It doesn't mean he's going to be Drew Brees. He was barely Drew Brees as, a, <laughs> as it is. The Saints uh, are done, guy. They're I don't done. think they're done. But, like, Kamara is leading that team. Is, if they lost Kamara, I would say they're done. What do you... Kamara when might be I that good. Done, I, when I say done, I mean that their Super Bowl run of any sort is gone. I don't think Can so. They make the, the NFC playoff? is open. Bro. The NFC is open, man. I hate the Seahawks with every fiber of, of my being. They might miss the playoffs. I significant. I'm, no, I know. I'm just. I'm, there's a point. I, I genuinely believe that that I was the happiest in a long time watching them lose yesterday <laughs> to the Rams. They would shit stomp the Saints fully healthy, mm, let alone. I disagree. Let al- I'm telling you, the, the Saints are done. The Saints are done. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this soon. Okay. The Saints are done. All right. Um, the Raiders take care of the Browns 37 to 12. The quietest playoff team in the AFC, I think. They moved to 6 and 3. Um, uh, Broncos, I think I said Browns. Um, Denver, love this stat, had one total yards in the third quarter. Drew Locke, less than 50% completion percentage. There's Four picks on the day. Three of them were completely on him, and they were just bad. I went back and looked at him. Um, Locke is just uh, – he's a garbage-time hero, but unfortunately for Denver fans, it uh, it certainly looks like uh, – not only is Vic Fangio probably out after this year, but uh, it looks like I don't think Drew Locke's the guy either, and they have to continue on the, the quarterback carousel in Denver, I think. Yeah, I got to say, I don't know – uh, I don't know necessarily. Maybe it's just because I'm a big fan of Ben Albright, friend of the pod. Uh, well, my pod. Not, He's been but, on this podcast. I like Ben. Okay, good. So, friend of the pod. Uh, I'm so used to saying that. Uh, but you know, I'm a huge fan of Ben, and I, I'm a big fan of you know. I, I genuinely trust his opinion and his word in general. So, like, maybe that's where I consider all the 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 Drew Lock hype because he he was a big fan of him pre pre uh, season, um, but. There were other people trying to, like, say, oh, Drew Locke, he's the next guy. Watch him. The Bron- the Broncos, you know, like – and I just didn't get it. I'm not against Drew Locke becoming a good quarterback. I'm not, like, a Drew Locke hater, but I was just like, I, d- I don't remember what, what, you, what you guys saw. I didn't see. And so this is kind of what I expected. He's a young, average QB who had really good weapons – and the you know average QBs have won Super Bowls before, but like the Broncos are about where I imagine they'd be. I don't know about anybody else, but definitely. Yeah. Um, Bucks forty six, Panthers twenty three. Panthers keep it close in the first half as they always do, and then they fold in the second half. Cameron Brait told Buccaneers dot com on Monday that. Um, after they lost to the Saints in that embarrassing fashion, where they only ran the ball five times, they wanted to incorporate the run a lot more. And uh, guess what? Uh, Ronald Jones proceeds to rush a 97-yard touchdown run th- that uh, broke, uh, I think, a Bucks record, maybe an NFL record. But um, they brought in a lot more multiple uh, tight end sets in this game. They were more committed to the run and protecting Brady. Um, Mike Evans had a sick catch in the end zone. They got him more involved. Um, this was a, you needed to see if you believe in the Bucks, right? Like this is what you needed to see from your team. When it, speaking to the McBay stuff, it's just like they evolved. And they were like, hey, we messed up against the Saints in our game planning. We messed up here. Let's make sure that we adjust this week. So they got him and Fournette involved and made sure that the Bucks were more balanced than they were um, the previous week. So kudos to Bruce Arians and that staff for um, – writing some wrongs there and understanding that they have to adjust week to week. Yeah. I, uh, I'm the bucks are such a weird team this year. I think like, like we've talked about it a little bit, like the general theme of, of this year has definitely been, um, you know, it's definitely been like a, we don't really know what each team is week to week. Um, so that's, I think that the bucks are a very specific example of that. 
Uh, I just want to. There's some team. There's some teams that have made me just want to fast forward to the playoffs because I'm just so curious to finally see like what really happens. And the Bucks are definitely one of those teams where I'm just like, okay, they, their defense plays like the best defense in the NFL. One week, the next week they get rolled. Uh, Tom Brady has a, a great week, and then the next week they don't. You know, they're, they have Mike Evans, and he's not even being used. And then you know now he's scoring touchdowns. It's just like. It's a very confusing thing for casual fans to watch, and I'm sure it's infuriating for Bucks fans to watch because they're expecting so much. Um, the, the Tom Brady experiment, definitely better. Well, I mean, obviously, but Brady's looking better than Belichick this year mm-hmm. in a big way, right? But then Belichick last night or Sunday night – an all-timer like he i don't know i I think it's still hit or miss right now i think they i don't know i think it's complicated uh but i do think it 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 seems like it changes week to week so i'm gonna reserve judgment until the end of the season on that one um dolphins beat the chargers 29 21 your other team uh not a good year for your teams in the nfl i think it's a great year for my team oh okay are you kidding me Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is easily one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL as a rookie. (laughs) Fuck off. Uh, In terms of like the, what you see from Justin Herbert, if if you're a Chargers fan, like you, could you be happier right now? Like they weren't going to compete this year anyways with the rookie QB. They didn't even know that Justin Herbert was going to start. Right. And then, well, I mean, eventually he would because Tyrod Taylor, that that's what happens no matter what. Mm. Um, but you got to look at the, the Chargers literally have lost every game by a, a touchdown or less, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're going to end up with a top five pick. And they have their quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's luxury. That is luxury. Yeah, I just I, I, I think we're gonna have to have the uncomfortable conversation about Anthony Lynn's future there pretty soon. Um, and Gus Bradley not getting any pressure on Tua in this game was also just weird. Like these games, when it's within eight points, you look at the quarterback pressure rate between the two quarterbacks and Dolphins defense had six total quarterback hits on Herbert chargers only had one quarterback hit. So Tua was super efficient. He makes the right pass all the time. He's going to be efficient, but he also wasn't really pressured, um, in a crazy way in this game. So I think Tua, when he's got time in the pocket is really, really great, but we have to see when his pass rush really gets after him and he really has to adjust and improvise. So I don't know. Uh, Chargers really need to, uh, like Panay Sewell needs to be at the top of their, their draft list. I think, uh, Oregon legends. I love that. Yeah, I love that. But that's, but that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean by luxury. Like literally, you know, and great uniforms. Yeah. Um, great uniforms. Yeah, definitely. Cardinals. Beat the Bills thirty-two to thirty, walk off in a just a a, a most all-time most fashion from D Hop and Kyler. Um, the one thing I was going to say about uh, not related to the Kyler Hopkins bomb was that like right before that, unfortunate just for Allen and Diggs because that pass that Allen hits Diggs to go up on uh, on the Cardinals. Uh, 3226 was just or 3026 was just bonkers. Like he was that was a beautiful left and throw that Diggs reeled in and it was just perfectly placed. Like it was it was great. And Allen was super clutch there and then it doesn't matter because Kyler just unloads the clip on D-Hop and uh yeah, I mean 6 and 3, 7 3, um both these teams are really good, both their offenses are really good. Um but, you know, Kyler's going to be a lot of fun in this league and that was that was crazy yeah i mean this is what i so like one i, I gotta get off the pot a little bit early mm. this week so i want i want to get this out but one of the things that i was going to say in terms of like my you know what is my spiciest nfl take this week mm-hmm. spicy i don't know for everyone but definitely spicy for me as a giant uh, devout 49ers fan um let me see i want to make sure i really illustrate and you know i want to dig into the vocabulary to use like a very methodical uh elegant word choice for this uh fuck (laughs) jesus christ man the 49ers are fucked 
Kyler Murray is so good. You know what? Kyler Murray's so good that I I saw people talking about how the coach of the Cardinals is bad and yet they're winning games like that. Like the Kyler Murray is an all-star. Like we were all kind of like, wait, you really want to take him number one over Nick Bosa? Are you out of your mind? No one's questioning that. He's an absolute all-star. Like he's just, he's so good. And I hate it. I'm so tired of being in a division with tiny little men running all over the place and throwing deep bombs to jump. I mean, like DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and Hopkins. Like, why do I, what happened? Why, why do I deserve this? Isn't it insane to think about like the, both of those quarterback receiver combos are in the same division. I just, I, it changes in a, in a hurry. Like we think that's always going to be the case that these guys are going to be awesome. Like Murray could regress. Like he could be terrible in two years. Like we don't, we don't know. Like I, we thought the Texans were going to have the AFC South on lock for years. We we've seen the story before in the NFC West where it was the juggernaut and we thought Kaepernick versus Wilson was going to be the robbery for 10 years. And that fizzled like we never know. So I understand you should be nervous right now. It should scare you a little bit but i think ultimately um things change in a hurry and it's it's hard to forecast what all these quarterbacks are gonna look like the rams might have a different quarterback in five years your team is definitely gonna have a different quarterback next year so um things could change in a hurry for you because you might have your own kyler um no, I, like i told you the 49ers live in a, in a never-ending time loop similar <laughs> to the groundhog day mm-hmm. where they get an exciting young head coach go to the super bowl lose and collapse so it sounds awesome um the rams as we were speaking um to kind of move quickly so we can get to our our picks this week because i know uh, we got to run soon um the rams beat the seahawks 23 to 16 um my thing here jalen ramsey 37 coverage snaps against dk metcalf in this game zero receptions allowed two targets for dk so did jalen ramsey lockdown guy he was uh he might have been worth it for the rams yeah, I mean, the Rams have been a weird team, you know, going to the Super Bowl and feeling as bad as they did, um, you know, having the quarterback, running back contracts that they had. But Jalen Ramsey really is that dude. And, I mean, I think we can all appreciate it, right? Like, there's, it's not very often that the hype on a cornerback – matches the play and uh you know in a league that loves uh you know loved Deion sanders and his attitude and love richard sherman and his attitude and now you know what i'm saying like the, the nfl is better when a player like uh jalen ramsey is as good as advertised and so that's definitely exciting Steelers, Bengals, Steelers win 36-10. Not a lot to pull from this one other than I was looking at Stephen Ruiz's tweets about Joe Burrow where he was missing a lot of like just open guys in the, on the edges. Like he was he's not as accurate as he usually is. So something to to monitor for the obvious rookie of the year. Um, the Patriots beat the Ravens 23-17. Damian Harris and Jacoby Myers are dudes. I love this nugget that Jacoby Myers took off his receiver gloves as he went into the huddle for his touchdown pass. I thought that was pretty dope that no one saw that. <laughs> like, you should have known at that point that uh, the dude was going to be throwing a pass, but right. uh, a nice little Belichickian thing there. Um, Damian Harris runs for 100 yards. He's good. Like, okay, so quickly on this thing. Damian Harris for non NFL only fans was a five star superstar running back coming out of Alabama. And he was somebody everybody wanted. Damian Harris was like Najee Harris before Najee Harris. And he was, by all accounts, going to be a monster superstar, Todd Gurley type guy. He obviously hasn't been that guy, but he's not an undrafted. He's not a Deion Lewis. He's not a James White. He's not a Kevin Falk. Like, this is a premier talent they got in the third round. Um, let's just, he's not a Belichick gym. Let's just put it that way. Like, that dude has had all the talent in the world. just hasn't come together for him. Um, and Jacoby Myers 
is absolutely a guy and was super productive his last year at NC State. So he is absolutely going to be some the, one of those guys. And Edelman's still not back. Um, Vikings beat the Bears 19-13. Uh, two things. Tyler Bray entered the game at the very end and my house collectively erupted because um, I live with a bunch of Tennessee alums. And Cordell Patterson having a 100-yard uh, touchdown run in that game was pretty crazy. And the Bears just getting... The Bears should always have a good kick returner, I think, in my opinion. Hester, Patterson, yeah. whoever. That that should be a requirement. Um, yep. Yes or no? Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson are both back on the Kansas City staff after this season when Eric Benny takes it in that belt job. Uh, oof. Eric Benny, I mean, this dude better just get all the money in the world because there's so many bad teams and not a lot of good head coaches mm. that are going to be available. Future so Falcons head coach Eric Benny. Uh, you know, if I am Eric, truth be told, Falcons are a great, great option. Vikings, uh, not maybe, but I don't think they're going to be able to just got an extension and they're, they're yeah, moving yeah, in the right yeah, direction. Yeah. I don't think that's going to uh, happen. But I mean, like, there's a lot of don't good options. Don't take the Jets job. No, I definitely not. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not going to. Um, I don't know. But but I'm very excited for him. That that dude deserves uh, a good. I mean, a guy that got that screwed over, not getting head coaching jobs for as long as he did. It's a good thing that now he's going into a, an off season where he will be above and beyond the best option, and he'll get to pick. Um, but yeah, I got to wrap it up. So what do you what do you what do you want to end with? Our the our picks. Quickly, let's fire. Let's fire around. Can we? Can we do the picks in two minute? The two minute drill. Two minute drill. Okay, let's go. All right. Okay, Cardinal Seahawks. This is is this Thursday? This is Thursday. Yep. Uh, Cardinals. Okay, I agree. Jaguars, Steelers. Steelers, but I think this is going to be close. Jake uh, Luton's good. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. The Steelers aren't losing that game. That's crazy. They're about to be undefeated for this many games. Uh, yep, I'm taking the Steelers. Uh, let's see. Panthers, Lions. Panthers. They end the streak. Um, Lions are not good. They are a very not good football team. Agreed there. Hopefully, Teddy is able to play. Uh, Texans Patriots that's going to be a weird game but I'm going to take the Texans oh no Pats easily four and five Pats five and five Pats excuse me Titans Ravens also a very weird under under, this is a big game for both these teams both these teams really really need to get back into high gear but I believe in the Ravens more give me the Ravens I uh, I gotta say I'm going to take the Ravens too but I, I think the Titans heart says Titans brain says uh, Ravens um, let's see Eagles Browns Browns agreed Falcon Saints I'm going to take the Falcons I think I'm taking the Falcons too I think yeah, this I, is where the streak ends and uh, uh, Jameis has always been bad against the Falcons Jameis is just bad. Well, he's inevitable. also been bad against the Falcons. Like the Falcons have always played Jameis very well. So give me, yeah. uh, give me the Falcons. Washington Bengals. I'm taking the football team. Oh no, Bengals. Bengals. Joe Burrow doesn't uh, walk into Washington and lose to Alex Smith. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, it's gonna happen. So deal with it. Uh, Jets Chargers. Fuck in Christ. Yikes, this, this game's the ultimate awful. Evan moment for me. Every time I pick the Chargers, they lose, but they're playing the Jets. It's like it's like a immovable <laughs> object against an unstoppable force. I am taking the fucking Chargers. Yeah, give me the Chargers. God, please. Please, man. Uh, Broncos, Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins. This is going to be the Dolphins, but this is going to be a pass rush that actually gets home to us. I'm very interested to see what uh, what he does in this game against this defense. So I think Dolphins, but it's going to be close. And then Cowboys, Vikings. I'll take the Vikings, but not not happy to do it. Oh, no, this is lock it up. Vikings are beating the Cowboys comfortably here. <laughs> Andy Dalton might be back. Uh, Colts, Packers. I'm taking the Packers. Ooh, love this one. Um 
give me the Packers, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs Raiders. That's a layup. Oh, I love this game. The Raiders beat them. Do they sweep the the Chiefs? I don't think they beat them twice, but the Raiders always play them hard. I'm still taking the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah. I mean, they always play them hard, but I don't think they can do it. You can't beat Patrick Mahomes twice. Uh, Bucks Rams. Ooh, good Monday night games. I like this one. Um, the Bucks have been bad at night this season. Have you seen that? Like the stats of like the Bucks playing at night versus when they're playing at the daytime. Um, give me the Rams because I believe in it. Let's go superstitious here. Gotcha. All right. I genuinely got to get off. All right. But, uh, good talking to you. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.